Welcome to Follow the Data. I'm your host, Katherine Oliver. Did you know that it could take up to 500 years for single-use plastic bottles to biodegrade in the ocean? That's according to estimates from the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration. What if the solution for more sustainable packaging also lies in the seas? Bloomberg Philanthropies is working to ensure the ocean, key marine ecosystems, and the billions who depend on them can survive and thrive through the Bloomberg Ocean Initiative. Our guest today, Pierre Pallier, co-founded Not Pla, short for Not Plastic, a company on a mission to make packaging disappear. Based in London, the team creates alternative packaging made from seaweed and plants, ranging from a bubble that could replace plastic cups and bottles at sporting events to single-dose spheres of toothpaste and sustainable biodegradable packaging for takeaway food. Since it started in 2019, Not Pla has replaced almost 3 million units of single-use plastic from entering the environment. Not Pla is a winner of the 2022 Earthshot Prize. That's a prestigious global environment prize launched by His Royal Highness Prince William to incentivize change and help repair our planet with innovative solutions by 2030. Our founder, Mike Bloomberg, serves as global advisor to the winners of the Earthshot Prize, including Notpla. And Bloomberg Philanthropies, alongside Bloomberg LP, has supported the Earthshot Prize since its creation in 2019 as a global alliance founding partner. In fact, Bloomberg LP uses Notpla's sustainable packaging at its European headquarters in London. In this episode, I talked to Pierre and we discuss how he created Notpla with his co-founder and former classmate, Rodrigo Garcias Gonzalez, how Notpla expanded from its first product to introduce packaging solutions for electronics, fashion, cosmetics, and food, his experience with the Earthshot Prize, and how he's planning on using prize money to expand Notpla's impact. So first off, Pierre, welcome and want to just start off. Great name, not pla, not plastic, for those who are just getting acquainted with the product. Tell us about your startup. What was the origination? What was the inspiration for this? Just a bit of background on, on myself. Um, I uh, started my career as a packaging engineer. So I was working for L'Oreal, the cosmetics company. I was um, like industrializing a lot of uh, skincare products uh, in shampoo bottles made of plastic and cream jars made of plastic. Um, and um, what I learned a lot on that job, definitely I was kind of like struck by how incredibly efficient we are at producing those things. You see them flying at like incredible speed on the conditioning lines. But yet uh, we have no plans or almost no plans for the end of life. So all of this get, gets produced just kind of like hoping for the best and and i think that really struck me when you when you're sitting in front of like that flow of plastic to think that this is all going somewhere and so um at that point i decided to quit my job and i came to study a, a master's in london called innovation design engineering uh, at imperial college and royal college of arts where i met my co-founder and during those kind of like two years uh, we had a lot of very uh, open-ended experimentation uh, happening and and one of those kind of like experimentations was around um, this idea of making a man-made fruit. If we were to create kind of like uh, fruits that don't exist for uh, replacing those kind of like plastic packaging that are 
ubiquitous in, in, in our everyday life. What kind of fruit would nature come up with if it was packaging uh, water or energy gel for a marathon or a cocktail? And at that point, um, we didn't know anything about seaweed. We just looked at lots of different natural materials that you can easily kind of like find in the food industry um, and eventually dis discovered this technique called uh, um, spherification that uses an extract from brown seaweed to make little kind of like fake caviar bowls that are very cheap to produce. And that was a bit the starting point. We, we made these kind of like, uh, like caviar bowls bigger and bigger and bigger in our kitchen and realized that we could use this as a packaging uh, as an alternative to, to plastic. It's interesting because now that you say it and you think about seaweed, I'm imagining, you know, the ribbons of seaweed that often look like plastic. And then the little bubbles that are there are almost like the pods that you've created exactly. to ingest and that, you know, explode in your mouth and then vanish. It makes total sense now, but how did you make this discovery? So, um, Again, like we were lucky that um, a lot had been discovered before us. So for the past kind of like 100 years, a lot of food technologists have been looking into how we could use some of those kind of like seaweed extracts um, as a way of making cheaper kind of like food, industrialized food, not the great kind of like uh, um, kind of like uh, objective of creating alternative to plastic, but with just this kind of like very industrial look and, and seaweed has been playing a lot of, of, of roles in there. And so we were able to read up on those technologies, the expired patents and the kind of like explanation of all these like processes. And that was really like the starting point, taking this insight from like the food industry and translating it into the packaging. And there was some data, some science to prove that it was safe to ingest. So you were already on the right pathway. Correct. And actually, like we, we've we've known about like the properties of seaweed for for so long, and yet somehow no one was really looking at it for packaging. But um, seaweed has some incredible properties. Some some of the seaweed species we've tried in the lab grows up to a meter per day. So it's one of the fastest growing organisms on the planet. So incredibly renewable resource. Um, and Seaweed doesn't require fresh water or fertilizer to grow. Uh, it sequesters carbon as it grows. So it's just an incredible um, like source of biomass. And yet um, it hasn't really made it into kind of like uh, the mainstream packaging applications. So Notpla's first product went viral in 2017. Can you explain a little bit about this product and what that whole experience was like? Yeah, so... Um, from those like tiny little kind of like fake caviar bubbles, we make bigger and bigger and bigger ones to the point that we had something that was kind of like the size of a tomato or cherry tomato. Um, and um, we realized that this would be a really good application for um, like marathons. Um, so these bubbles, they were containing water and the, the membrane made from seaweed was literally edible. So it was packaging you can eat. And that, that fact that it was a form of packaging that you could eat, I think was incredibly differentiating because today it's incre incredibly confusing, bio-based, bio-sourced, uh, biodegradable, compostable, industrial compostable. People are really getting lost in what all of those materials do or come from or, or, or don't do. But the fact that you could eat the packaging was definitely something that was like making it very simple to understand and bring it into a level of safety that was kind of like very new. And so, um, 
at that point we, we didn't kind of like have a, a like the plans of building a, a company out of this it was a student project so uh, we posted a video online of our kind of like experimentations um, and to our surprise those videos went viral and like got hundreds of millions of views and people were really excited about this kind of like packaging that you could eat and how it could potentially become an alternative to, to plastic and since then we've kind of like industrialized this so that we can use it for marathons so that runners can get that kind of like energy drinks or water instead of plastic. And explain the significance of the name of the product. Yeah, so this particular product, we called it OHO, but actually we didn't name it. It was actually named by our friends and our flatmates. We just kind of like came with this weird transparent bubble in our hand. And the first reaction of you was like, whoa, and that was the name. So that's just the name of surprise. <sighs> I mean, when I heard about the company, you know, a digestible water bottle and the description, and then was trying to imagine what this was like. Then when I watched the video, I mean, what it did remind me of, and, you know, for our listeners who are trying to imagine this, it's basically you're looking for a burst or a serving of water that is in a translucent membrane, this pod that you pop in your mouth and you enjoy the refreshing water and then the membrane disintegrates and you know melts into your mouth and voila you know there's no water bottle you've had a sip or a, a you know a dose of water and then you're you're off exactly yeah. <laughs> i mean it's quite incredible i mean it makes me think a little bit about the pods that we use for dishwashers or yeah. washing machines you know along the lines of that but and and what does it taste like is there any taste at all so um, the, the very first kind of like experiments um, in the kitchen were tasting very strongly of seaweed and the kind of like fish flavor uh, from the sea. But after kind of like years of work, we've actually like managed to make it completely tasteless. Um, so it really is kind of like uh, like completely neutral. It has the texture because it's still a, a, like like the skin of a fruit. It has like a, a, a little thickness, uh, but it really doesn't taste of anything. But is there the possibility of a flavored line? Yes, we've, well, we've done some kind of like flavoring. It's it's a it's a very popular kind of like uh, like uh, receptacle for um, for cocktails. So we do a lot of espresso martinis or mojitos, and then you can have some mint on on the membrane. So lots of possibilities. The possibilities are endless. <laughs> so, what kind of packaging does Notplug create now? Aside from these water pods, you're doing a range of products. So it was really the starting point that kind of like opened our eyes on what's possible to, to do with seaweed. And we kind of like built a team around us with chemists, engineers, designers to really kind of like develop um, the, the technology further. And we realized that we could use seaweed for a lot of other applications where plastic is currently used. So our kind of like second product is a coating that we use onto cardboard for making uh, takeaway food boxes that are completely natural, biodegradable and recyclable. So uh, typically when you're getting kind of like food delivered at home or kind of like uh, eating on the go, um, that, that cardboard container is either containing plastic on the inside or some other chemicals like PFAS that make the cardboard resist to the grease and the moisture of the food. Uh, cardboard on its own does not resist to grease and moisture of food. So you need something. And basically, like by using seaweed, we're replacing the need for that plastic or that PFAS, uh, which means that we are uh, essentially creating something that really is natural and biodegradable because the, the cellulose fibers 
are totally kind of like natural and, and biodegradable. Um, and it's been a really exciting journey because in this case, we've been able to create a material that is possible to retrofit onto existing production lines that use plastic and synthetic coatings. So we don't have to change the, the manufacturing process. We just input our material instead of the kind of like regular uh, plastic. And that means that we can instantly have a lot more scale and a lot more impact. Um, and that's been kind of like a product that we're now kind of like distributing in eight Euro uh, European countries. We have kind of like football stadiums using them. We have kind of like lots of uh, restaurants uh, switching to our packaging. So it's very exciting to see that impact is starting to to happen. But that, that's still kind of like... Uh, only like the emerged part of our kind of like portfolio of solutions. Uh, we really are excited about the potential of seaweed for a lot of other applications. So um, uh, when you come to our office, you can see um, some seaweed paper that we, we, we create with the leftover fibers from uh, the other products. You can see some rigid uh, material that are injection molded. Uh, you can see some flexible films. So all of these things are being worked by the, 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 the R&D teams to develop an alternative to plastic. Now, when you think of you know these consumer products, you think of distribution. How durable are they? I mean, you know, often when we buy traditional plastic bottles and we receive a delivery at home, sometimes they're cracked in the shipping. So, how durable are these and resistant to wear and tear and travel? Plastic is uh, like incredibly performant material, um, and that's kind of part of the problem is that it's indestructible. That's why uh, using it in places where it ends up in our environment is creating a problem for a very, very long time. And by essence, nature doesn't really work that way. Um, and organic materials are essentially kind of like um, having uh, a moment of reintegration into the, 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 the nutrient system that takes um, a few weeks to a few months, depending on like the, the condition of biodegradation, once it hits uh, a forest or the ocean or a, a moist environment. If we stay in like relatively dry supply chain, we can have products that have a long shelf life. Our takeaway boxes have a shelf life of a year and a half until they get used. But you're right that like there's a number of things we can't do today with seaweed. And I don't think that seaweed is going to replace plastic overall. That's not like the point. The, the, the point is that we need diversity of solutions um, because one material is not going to replace every use case of plastic. So I think really where seaweed plays the, the most interesting role is for the quick consumption cycles the places of kind of like consumption on the go, where you have a higher chance of littering, a short amount of kind of like uh, use time. And that's where really seaweed can be a, a wonderful replacement. So a lot of the work we do is on kind of like uh, events and kind of like uh, on the go applications. But uh, the, the bottle that stays on the kind of like shelf for three years, that's not something we can do. Right. Now, Notpla won the Earthshot Prize in 2022. And of course, the Earthshot Prize must have been incredible experience supported by Prince William. You had David Beckham actually announcing that you had won this prize, um, you know, for outstanding achievement for addressing climate change in innovative ways. Tell us about the experience that when you when you heard David Beckham read your name and the name of the company, what was that like? It was like one of the most powerful kind of like moments. Um, definitely, it's been a journey. We've been kind of like working on this for for nine years now, mm -hmm. and 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 we 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 never would have dreamt of having this level of recognition for what we do. And I think that like we feel incredibly kind of like lucky to be part of this 
uh, group of, of finalists and winners of the Earthshot Prize. Um, and I think that, um, yeah, like uh, it, it was a it was a highly emotional moment. We were with the with with like uh, uh, like some of our team members, and it was just like a burst of joy. And I think that like in entrepreneurship, um, one of the kind of like weird thing is that very very few things are kind of like sudden. A lot of things are like a long time in the making. A new funding round, working on a new contract, uh, improving a new technology, all of these things take a very long time. So sometimes it's hard to have that moment of kind of like celebration because it just feels like it's been waiting for it for such a long time. So I think that I was so special that like one second we were not the Oscar Prize winner and the next second the name was in the kind of like earpiece. David Beckham said not pla and we were Oscar Prize winners. <laughs> Congratulations again. And of course, all the press that surrounded that, you know, just uh, contributed to the branding, the awareness. How has winning the prize changed the trajectory of your strategy? It's massive. Um, it's been really kind of like incredible the amount of support that the Earthshot Prize provides. Um, people don't realize, but it's not just kind of like a once a year event um, and, and that's it. Uh, they actually have a team of like uh, over 50 people working all year long to create opportunities to have more impact for the like all the finalists and, and the winners um and then there's the kind of like patronage of of uh, prince william who's been personally kind of like very involved um in kind of like supporting any way he can he came to your headquarters in uh, hackney wick recently last week, exactly. like? so we had we had the the visit of the prince literally last tuesday um, and he stayed for an hour and a half and it was just incredible the opportunity of talking about our products and our technology, the seaweed kind of like opportunities with him. And you can feel that he's generally kind of like, uh, like very interested in, in moving the needle on this space. In addition to all of the publicity and the uh, royal seal of approval, um, you also get a million pounds in prize money. So that's not bad. What are you, what are you doing with the money? So the money is going straight into R&D. Um, there's still a lot of kind of like technical challenges to resolve and improving the efficiencies. So all of this is going into uh, more chemists, more engineers, more machinery so that we can solve those problems. So what does success look like for NotPla? Success is when we start having kind of like, uh, like a billion single-use plastics replaced by our seaweed solutions. I think um, the, the, there's lots of kind of like things that we have already done well, but there's still a, a, a massive journey ahead of us. Um, while we are kind of like certainly showing that it's possible, I think that like mass adoption of like more sustainable solution is going to be a, a journey. Like uh, plastic has had a hundred years to optimize itself to become kind of like such an affordable material to get its properties and its efficiency rights. So um, we, we need to kind of like do that in, in, in like a, a quarter of the time, even less, we don't have much time. So I think that like, there's still a lot that need to happen for us to fully realize the full potential of, uh, of seaweed packaging. And you mentioned, you know, targeting athletes and sports events. What's the strategy there? I mean, you've got a lot of big events coming up. We've got Wimbledon, you know, soon and um, other sporting events. What's the strategy there with aligning with athletes and um, exploring multiple use of the product for both professionals and for consumers? I think there's something really interesting about these kind of like mass participation events where um, like, especially in like the, like the Western world, we're very good at hiding our trash. 
um, there's an incredibly kind of like efficient way to kind of like quickly make it disappear. But those events are one of the few moments where you see the amount of consumption that happens and you see it piling up on the street and you just see that like a day's worth of kind of like uh, runners in the center of, of, of London is creating piles and piles of plastic. And I think there is something still striking about the fact that um, we still consume the same amount every day. It's just that like those moments are uh, a bit of kind of like a watershed moment for people to realize that like all these materials are going somewhere. And I think that like it's especially relevant to people who are um, like choosing to practice a sport because they are conscious of their own health and like that relationship with the environment that like you would work on your health, but you would kind of like trash the environment doesn't make sense. And, and that's that's a powerful uh, driver. So are you targeting other marathons in other cities? I mean, if other cities want to adopt this and use the product, what's the strategy there from your company? Yeah, we've done kind of like uh, tens of marathons, just kind of like a couple of weeks ago, uh, um, our products were used uh, in Sweden at the largest half marathon in the world. So I think that like there's lots of exciting kind of like event organizers realizing the potential of those events to showcase that we, we need to do better and that like these are moments that matter, that people really care about um, having those moments without the plastic, without the trash. Um, so we're really here to help them uh, remove some of that plastic. So looking ahead to the next year, what are some of your, you know, your goals? So one of our big goal is to kind of like um, continue like growing the team to really accelerate the, the development um, with this big kind of like um, uh, step change in our manufacturing capacity that we've kind of like uh, unlocked earlier this year. We're looking at raising uh, a Series B, so we're going to be kind of like fundraising for uh, growing the team. We're also looking at like um, a, a pathway to kind of like bring our products to the USA there's a big demand uh, uh, like in North America uh, for sustainable packaging and we want to be kind of like uh, doing this the right way. So right now, Notpla is only available in the UK? In Europe. In Europe, okay. Yeah. So we are active in eight countries in Europe for now. So we ask all of our guests to reflect on a data point that they think we should be watching. So want to pose that question to you. I think a, a data point that has really struck me uh, recently is um, like linked to the hidden impacts of plastic on uh, like uh, climate change. So basically, like um, plastic um, when it becomes microplastics and floats in the ocean, is disturbing the process of uh, plankton to eat a lot of nutrients and sequester carbon, and that sequestration process is essentially kind of like locking in 30% of humanity's carbon um, for free without having to do anything. But plastic is messing up this system because there's like uh, a lot of buoyancy. And, and one piece of research came up um, with the striking news that like the, the rate of droppings hitting the bottom of the ocean had reduced by 200%. So we're basically losing some of the most essential carbon sequestration systems by introducing these non-natural materials. And I think that we need to pay attention to the impact on biodiversity that is not yet making it into the carbon accounting system, because otherwise we're not measuring the right thing and we are not making the right decisions. 
We hope you enjoyed this episode of Follow the Data. Bloomberg Philanthropies is committed to protecting the ocean and its ecosystems. Many thanks to Pierre Pallier for joining us. As always, the views of our guests are entirely their own, and Bloomberg Philanthropies hasn't independently verified any of the statements made by this episode's guests. If you haven't already, please be sure to subscribe to Follow the Data. This episode was created by Minnie Kim, Amy June, Devin Alessio, Erica Goodmundson, Sabrina Breifel, and Chris Lewis. To learn more about Bloomberg Philanthropy's efforts to protect the ocean, visit Bloomberg.org. You can follow NotPla on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram to learn about its sustainable packaging. As our founder, Mike Bloomberg, says, if you can't measure it, you can't manage it. So until next time, keep following the data. I'm Catherine Oliver. Thanks for listening.